Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, A-man, no way. From the track when we unite and spit, this isn't A-game, better bring your A-game. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, A-man, no way. And now it's the Mike and JD Show, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD, by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? I'm all right. I'm just constantly messing with my camera. I'm never happy with anything. <laughs> I'm not pleased. I mean, I worked on my background. I was working here and I adjusted something. I grabbed something to eat. And now I'm like, now I'm not happy with my lighting. I'm just, I don't know, man. How are you? I'm good, man, dude. I have, uh, I've been super busy all week. So I was, uh, you know, one, I was, uh, what is called a senior enlisted leader this week, um, where I'm basically like my commander's like right hand guy. I'm handling everything like personnel wise that's going on within the unit. <clears throat> so I'm just running all over the place. And then also on top of it on Tuesday and Wednesday, we had, a we had a training course. It's um, this course called warrior's edge. Have you ever heard of it? It's a sports psychology. No. What is that? So it's um, Dr. Jen Janelle McCauley. She's a retired, uh, she's retired air force. She was a squadron commander, uh, Pete Carroll of the Seahawks. Blech. Um, and then another guy who was like, I can't remember what his name is, but he's a real famous sports psychologist. And um, they invented this, you know, training program where they kind of go into, they're, they're starting to go into military units and, and teach sports psychology, but they're, they're typically going into like um, football teams, basketball teams, college teams. One of our teachers was um, a lady named Nicole Davis. She was a member of the U S women's national volleyball team. She's a two-time medalist in uh London and I believe Beijing, she said, but she's uh she got silver medal both times, uh lost to Brazil apparently, but uh she's a, a big time volleyball player and so she was and then recently got her doctorate in sports psychology. So uh, we were doing that all day on Tuesday and then we followed up with a little bit of extra, like a half day on Wednesday. So I really lost a day and a half of uh of work um of being able to get stuff done and then the work just doesn't go away. You still have to get all of it done. So then I had to like speed up everything and i was man just busting my tail getting everything i thought i was going to be late for the show tonight because it's only 5 32 p.m here so i got off work at almost five o'clock ran straight home ate a protein bar 
I uh, I opened a little Coke Z, and now I'm ready to get onto the show. Got a visitor here. If you can see, Astro has come, decided yeah, to pop Astro in and the, visit the show. Astro, the Wonder Dog, is here. What's up, Astro? He says, "I would like I would like a piece of cheese." And um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I cannot give that to you today. So sorry. But yeah, I uh, I just did before work that uh, before the show. I actually went back to grad school and I got my first two homework assignments turned in. So on top of moving podcast networks and starting school right now, I've decided to go back to school myself. So, <laughs> yeah, my yeah. my uh, my next class for my master's is uh, next week. It starts next week, so that should be what fun. You, what are you getting your master's in? So I had my bachelor's in um, a degree called organizational leadership with a focus in occupational safety and health because that's what I do by trade. Mm -hmm. But my master's, I'm doing uh, human resources management. So just trying to, you know, diversify my portfolio. I'm getting an MBA in that. Nice. Nice. I'm getting a thing in career technical education so I can get paid more to continue teaching in my field. And because like I, I got hired as a teacher with zero experience in teaching. So yeah. that was a weird year last year. So I'd like to actually, you know, <clears throat> take some classes and uh, figure out how to do the job that I have. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, typically you go to school and then get the job, but uh, you and I both went and got the job, and then we started doing school afterwards. Well, I got a call because I've been at, I've been at DeKalb for eight years as a wrestling coach, and then I got a call from the principal who's a friend. She's like, hey, so you've been in video for how long? I said 20, 20 years. And she's like, well, um, how would you like to teach? We have an opening, <laughs> and we would rather hire you than some other guy. And I was like, ow, and it turned out you can do that in the state of Illinois if you have X amount of hours in the field. So uh, mm. it's been great. It's been like corny to say, but it's been life changing for the better. And I love it. So it's been cool, man. That's awesome. That's awesome, yeah. man. Um, man. Sometimes you get into your 40s and you go back and you find new purpose in life. And sometimes in your 40s, you find that everyone hates you at your job. Yeah. Speaking of CM Punk, um, he, <laughs> <laughs> man. That son of a bitch, he has had a hell of a couple of weeks. And then this week specifically. So I already did a video of this on the Mike and JD show YouTube page. So please go to the Mike and JD YouTube or Mike and JD show YouTube page and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, and then if you're watching this show on YouTube, on the Voices of Wrestling Network YouTube, please hit that like button, throw in a comment um, and Tell us what you think about the video, and then also make sure that you're a subscriber to the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel. Oh, and by the way, uh, we also have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show, where if you like the audio of this show, it drops there first. It's ad-free. You get it early. Um, that also comes with our show called Overtime, which we record immediately after this, usually 30 to 40 minutes of just us, uh, JD and I, riffing, and I'll tell you what the topic is this week a little bit later. Um, also, on top of that, Brace for Impact is back. Every single week I do Brace for Impact. And the last two weeks, because Impact has had their premium live events the last two weeks, I have done special shows. So I've done the weekly podcast, plus I've done Multiverse United 2, and then this last week I did Emergence uh, on top of that. And then, J.D., you have a new show. Go ahead and tell everybody about it. Yeah, um, you, you hummed me until I finally went and did it. I recorded the first episode of the J.D. Oliva Project. I, I, Mike said that should be the name of your show. I said that's a good one. And I talked about All In. I didn't give like, 
I can't do like a review, like a match by match, like I, who yeah. everybody does that. But I kind of talked about the general vibes coming out of the show. And then I reviewed and review, but I talked about Stephen King's book, Dr. Sleep that I had just finished and uh, kind of talked about the movie and the shining. And, you know, uh, that's actually the sequel book to the shining. So that's kind of what you're going to get on my solo show. I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk like kind of like what I think is big picture wrestling stuff. Like, um, character storytelling those kind of things from a literary perspective and then i'm gonna talk about whatever nerd thing i'm into this week and last week it was stephen king this week it might be batman or something like that i don't know we'll see whatever happens next time i record yeah man uh jd oliva project best new show on the network uh we're dropping tons of content jd also dropped two articles last week i dropped an article this week of voices of wrestling asked me to write an article for them so I submitted it, but I put it on Patreon first. So that way our audience is getting everything first. Um, and, it, and it comes with a $5 subscription. So um, back to the news. I I really, I've said this before, but I'll be honest. I really did not want to talk about CM Punk this week. Because <laughs> I nice feel like try. this, I know, I feel like this man, not only has he dominated the news cycle, he has dominated our show uh, oh, yeah. for a long, long time. And it i'm getting a little bit sick of it but let's go ahead and recap for the folks that might have been living under a rock or they just like to hear the story over again on sunday at zero hour at all in the biggest show in aew history the single biggest ticket selling show in wrestling history ever um they beat all the wwe shows these guys are the best right Jungle Boy or Jack Perry, whatever the hell you want to call him, he you know he's got a match. He's wrestling Hook. He brings out some stupid little limo, and uh, during the match, he pounds on the glass and said, "Oh look, it's real grass, glass, Crimea River." And then eventually, Hook throws him through the glass. Right? Um, clearly, that was a shot at Punk, who uh, a couple, I guess, a few weeks prior to that or a couple months prior to that, they had gotten into some kind of an altercation about. You know, Jungle Boy wanting to go through glass, yada, yada, yada. We re we rehashed this a couple weeks ago. Punk took exception to that. Punk's match with Joe was next. Uh, Jack Perry comes through the curtain. He's getting checked out by the medical staff. Punk then cons confronts him, says, hey, you got a problem with me. And then after that, that's where things get a little fuzzy because there's so many different versions of the story. There's so many different bit players. Now today, we hear that they might have video footage of it. I don't know if we'll ever get to see the video footage, but there might be some floating around there at some point. Um, but there was an altercation there. They got into a fight. Um, Jungle Boy was sent home, and CM Punk then proceeded to have an excellent match with Samoa Joe. And now it looks like both guys are suspended, and according to Nick Houseman, that they're both going to be missing all out. Did I miss anything, JD? So according to CM Punk, they're going to be missing all out, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Houseman Source, a.k.a. CM Punk. AKA CM Punk. Yeah, this is um this is wild. And like this is I've been thinking about this for for a bit now. This is where we're at with this punk thing is that even when the man has a good idea, like the good idea in this case being, hey, don't go through plate glass. Right? Yeah. Plate glass is made from sand, it cuts people, it really, really hurts. Hollywood, you use crushed glass made from sugar, doesn't hurt as much. Can hurt, can cut, but not quite as bad. We have gotten to the point where people hate punk so much that they're like, good. How, how dare he tell Jack Perry not to maim himself? It's like, fuck that guy. He's the, he can't tell me I can't drink hydrochloric acid in front of people. Like, but at the same time, it's like you did this to yourself where now you've poisoned the well to the point where any even good advice is going to be met with such vitriol. I just, 
I, I, I can't see how this is, how this is sustainable. It's not, it's not sustainable. Yeah. You know, we were, so you and I, we were never really the guys that piled onto punk whenever um, brawl brawl out happened last year. I, I, we never took his side, but I think we were sympathetic to him because we, um, we come from locker room culture where, you know, meathead idiots tend to get into fights and that's how things are settled sometimes. Um, so we kind of we we kind of sympathized with that, and we also sympathized with the fact that maybe he wanted to reconcile and come back to work, yada yada yada. So we were we were never really that th- those guys. Um, at the same time, now it's happened again. Yeah. Okay. One one time could be you know hey that's an anomaly right? He got into one fight in the locker room, everybody got heated. This <clears throat> a lot of it is because the leadership in 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 that uh, company is not very good. Right. Communication flow is not very good. And now they have like a toxic culture at with some of their top stars. And so these things happen and then it blows up and then sometimes fights happen. They got suspended. He got stripped of the title. They brought him back. I thought that was appropriate punishment. Well, he comes back and nothing has changed. And he still thinks that he can get away with this stuff. And I know people want to take Punk's side on this. And trust me, I there have been times where I wanted to take his side. Look, because Jungle Boy is a little twerp, he's kind of he Jungle Boy started it in this instance, right? But Jungle Boy didn't go get in Punk's face. Jungle Boy didn't do any of that stuff. What he did was be an idiot on TV, and I get that. I don't agree with what Jungle Boy did. CM Punk is not in control of what Jungle Boy does, right? CM and Punk is in control of his actions, and his action or his reaction was to then go and confront the guy and then tell him, hey, you know, I could kick your ass, right? And then all of a sudden now a fight starts, right? And that's the second instance that this has happened. So now we have a pattern, right? And he did this right in front of Tony Khan, whom whom he clearly doesn't have any respect for. And um, other than being a good human being and not being a narcissistic sociopath, why would you have any respect for him, right? Like normal people would have respect for him, but CM Punk ain't like that. He clearly has no respect for Tony Khan. If he did, he would he would have let Tony Khan handle the situation instead of then interjecting himself physically and starting a fight with, with this kid uh, who I think we can all agree is a little twerp. Yeah. And that's, and I agree. And I think that um, our space specifically, like the, the wrestling media space, there's so many people that are um, on the anti-punk side as you and I, I remember one of our first uh, cast here, someone goes, these guys are punk guys. And you and I both kind of laughed about it. Cause I think we've kind of taken a middle of the road approach to all this. You and I both said from jump that everyone is acting like a child. And I still maintain that's probably that's probably where things are. That being said, what did Jack Perry do that CM Punk himself wouldn't have done at that age? Mm-hmm. Bingo, dude! You hit the nail right on the head. And that's my biggest issue with this is that like this is the guy that when he came to WWE in two thousand five, two thousand six was like getting in trouble with Tony Atlas down in an OVW was like complaining about this and that. I mean, it's kind of CM Punk's thing. Like when you set yourself up as this anti-authority against the man, it's not a character. It's not a persona. It's actually him that when you try to push yourself into these leadership positions, it's not a natural fit. Right. And it's not like everybody hates him, but like he does rub a lot of people the wrong way. And like, I agree. Jack Perry was being adult, was being a complete tool. And probably needed someone to say something to him. 
should that have been the guy right before the, the opening match of the biggest show in company history? Like there's a time yeah. and a place to pop somebody in the mouth. And this is not one of them. And yes, there is a time yeah. and a place to pop people in the mouth. Like if you've never, and this is the people who critique this stuff have never grown up inside locker rooms where guys will, will get mad at each other. Like I say, people want sports presentations and wrestling until people start acting like athletes and then they get mad because they really don't want people. They want people to pretend to be athletes. Right? Yeah. We like the pretending of the stuff. We don't actually like people with athlete mentality. So that's my biggest beef with all this. Is like everyone is so goddamn immature. And when you deal with professional athletes, they are immature for the most part. Like this is part of dealing with egos. Like Tony Khan and them should be a lot better at dealing with egos when you when they're, they have a professional football team, they have professional soccer teams, but they don't apparently don't do a great job of those either. So I just this whole situation is. Uh, is 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 completely overshadowed the biggest what the biggest paid attendance audience in history Ever. like they're big for it's for pro wrestling yeah and like for all the bitching people did about how the how bad the the build was it's going to wind up being their second biggest pay-per-view like but we're not talking about that we're talking about how cm punk had to get into a fight before the biggest match of his career like i just i just don't get it man i just don't get how you can't go i'll talk to this guy after the show Right, you had yeah. to do it right then. You had to make a you had to make a scene then. It's unbelievable. You know, and part of me, you know, conspiracy Mike, I am susceptible to conspiracies. You? Um, yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh 60th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination and we all know for a fact that there was more than one shooter, but we'll that we'll digress on that. We'll we'll talk about that in November during oh, the November anniversary. November's Patreon's going to be special. <laughs> I'm going to tell yeah. you guys that right now. <laughs> but so, you know, part of me wonders like what if Jungle Boy, and I'm still going to call him Jungle Boy because I don't think he's uh, acting like an adult in this situation. What if Jungle Boy knew exactly what he was doing? What if he knew that Punk would not resist? Maybe he was hoping that Punk wouldn't do it right before the pay-per-view is about to start as he's walking to go have his match to where they think that they might have to actually get another match out there, right, and redo the pyro and send send Omega's match out next. Uh, may, or I think there was a rumor that, like, FTR and the Young Bucks were actually going to open the show because yeah, because they couldn't figure out if Punk was actually going to go out or not because at one point he had quit the company. But what if he, what if he knew that something bad was going to happen, that, that that would set Punk off? And and he was like, you know, I'll do it anyway. And if that's the case, then he was to my be fired. My well, but if he's antagonizing somebody, he also he didn't go physically attack somebody. Punk still was did the most wrong because sure. the punk punk is in control of his actions. There's no he there's no excuse for what he did. Jungle Boy's a twerp. You got to let that boss handle Jungle Boy. You're in your forties. You've already been in trouble for this shit before. And now you're going around getting caught up in another fight. What a mm -hmm. dumb dumb. You know oh, what he's I mean? Complete, so, he, yeah. He suffers from the worst case of inferiority complex, right? Or um or imposter syndrome, as we call it, right? And it's something that yeah. you see a lot in, in a lot of creatives where you second guess yourself constantly, especially if you've been a success. A lot of times, like I don't know what people realize a lot of times big egos kind of come with big cases of imposter syndrome where you're second guessing yeah. yourself constantly, right? It's not like like especially like narcissistic people too. Like you're always worried. You think the world is against you. And I think that defines CM Punk. And I'm not going to, you know, dime sort of psychologically evaluate the guy, but it seems this is the stuff that we can see. Right. And like, I think, I think Jack Perry trying to quote unquote, go into business for himself 
in this moment was terrible. Like, why would you do that? Just because you can? Like, that was stupid to jeopardize a big moment. And it was stupid of Punk to go fight him. And it's stupid of Tony Khan to not just sit there and man up and be a fucking leader. That's the biggest problem with all this is this guy will not act like a leader, will not like you deal with young men. I deal with young men. This is what we do is you sit these fuckers down and you say, hey, man, you time to grow up. It's time to grow up and act like this and act like we're going to do something special instead of just being idiots. And we just they cannot get out of their way with this stuff. And it's frustrating as a fan. Right, because it was a pretty yeah. good show. Despite everybody shitting on it going in, it wound up being a pretty good show with a main event that was, you know, head scratching. We'll just do that. <laughs> well, it was a little was a little suspect. Sure. You know, I I went through a situation recently um, where we had an we had an issue with these two people, a an officer and a list of person that had to work together, and they were just like oil and water, right? But they were afraid to. They, they would confront each other only at the wrong times. They were afraid to talk to each other to get to the bottom of the situation. So we had, we had the supervisor documenting, like making notes of six months worth of frustration with the person that they worked with um, and documenting all these things. And then finally, after six months, they were fed up with the behavior, right? And then they, so the supervisor sends the documents to me, had to write a memorandum for record detailing all this to do a counseling, right? To counsel the member. And it goes in their, it goes in their record and it's called something called a quality force indicator. Uh, That's all military terminology. I'm not going to bore you guys with that. So he sends it to me to review it for him. And I I kick it and I, and I read the thing and I, I called him up and this was a doctor and I go, Hey doc, you know, if you guys would have talked about this six months ago, you might not have worth the six months worth of issues to to put onto paper. You you might have you might have cleaned this stuff up six months ago. I was like, why don't we all just get in a room and figure this out? We're gonna we're gonna keep all this on there, but I want I want all of us to sit down and talk this stuff out. You need to you need to figure out you need to be honest with what frustrates you. We'll give the member an time opportunity to say what's frustrating them. The problem is is you guys are not communicating to each other and you're not setting your expectations clearly. You're not writing it down and then making them agree to it or, or, you know, not making them, but, you know, you're not giving them the opportunity to agree to those expectations. So once you have all those set out, then it's up to them to oblige by those expectations once they're agreed upon. Right. Right. And, and, and this blew the guy's mind. He'd been, he'd been in the military for over 20 years and it blew his mind. Like, Nobody ever told me to do that before. So I was like, cool. So we all, we all get into a room. I just lost JD. So I'm just going to keep talking. I think he'll be back in any minute. Um, we all, we all get into a room and then we just hash the shit out. We just figured it out. JD's back. We we just we I got booted from the stream. I don't know what happened. You did. I think you just hit the wrong button. So we all just figured it out and it was it was good to go. And now they they can't be happier. They're they're not the they're not best friends. They ain't never gonna be, but everybody's operating at a high level. Um, well, the thing is, human like when you, optimum. When you go to work with people, you don't have to like them. Like, yeah. right? Like I don't love everybody that teaches in my building. I avoid a lot of people because like I don't want to talk to them you know like but that's fine like we were there to get a job done right and i think that um i think especially with this company because the vibe was so long like it was like jim Cornette called it all friends wrestling right and then that's 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 been the idea of what this place is but that's not real life and i think that i think that the like the idea you can't get these people in a room right now 
right? They won't do it. Like now you're talking to lawyers. Like from what we've heard is Punk has tried supposedly to get yeah. into a room at this point. And the lawyers are like, no, we're not going to do that. So, I mean, now you've let stuff fester. And I just, I don't, I don't know how this can be solved at the moment. I really don't. It might, it might not be able to be fixed. No, because uh, problems don't get better if you avoid them. They just no. don't. You you have to you have to deal with them. And Tony Khan has to deal with the problem. And um, according to reports, obviously we don't know the man. According to the reports, he has not done that clearly. And clearly. the problems are just the problems are just getting worse. And the problems all center around one person. It's CM Punk. Other people, other people in the in the promotion have had issues, right? They've they've squashed them. Um, you know, I think Swerve and Ricky Starks had a fight. Ricky Starks had a fist fight. Uh, yeah. Andrade and Sammy Guevara, right? They 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 also got into an issue. So there's been other stuff that's happened, but for whatever reason, the all there's a lot of these other problems that that persist. They never get better. They linger and they center around Punk. And one of the things Punk is doing that is not helpful to his coworkers, is not helpful to his boss or to his promotion is he continues to put every fucking gripe and bitch and moan issue that he has out there. And he's using his surrogates in the media to get those out and it's not helping. And if you guys want to say that jungle boy started it, that's okay. Jungle boy should not have done what he done on TV, but it was CM Punk that leaked that story to the media, or at least one of his friends did. Um, and he knew about it. I guarantee he knew about it. And oh, yeah. so jungle boy, um, clearly didn't want to confront the situation because when you confront CM Punk, you already know what happens. He's going to try to fight you. So he went passive aggressive and showed ass on television, hoping that maybe, you know, let's just say that he hoped that Punk would not make the same mistake twice and clearly doesn't know Punk. And he ended up making the same mistake twice and then got into another fight. Well, that's the thing is like when you try to get a reaction and you get that reaction, you can't act surprised. No. Right. And it wasn't nope. even a good line, cry me a river. Like that's not even that's not even funny. Like if you're gonna risk everything to do something like that, at least like try to be funny. But I guess it's asking Jack Perry to show some charisma, so you know it doesn't ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and I'll I Jack Perry doesn't look like the type of guy that's ever been in a fight. So um no. it was one one of those situations he's probably like, Hey, hey Miro, I'm gonna do this. Can you just be standing by a gorilla just in case Punk decides to go crazy? But that's supposedly that whole thing is just a gag. Like they were just joking around. That's the thing too, is like there's such there's such layers of bullshit. Cause again, you're dealing with wrestlers. You're not friends with yeah. any of them. Let's like if you're listening to this, the odds of you actually being a friend of a professional wrestler are slim. Like we've had we've all had conversations with these guys, like they're working, like they're lying professionally for money. So I mean, like, oh, well, they were gonna fight. Well, no, actually, they weren't gonna fight. Actually, Brody King broke his hand. Well, actually, it was in a match. I mean, like, who knows? Like, yeah. I'll tell you who does know Tony Khan. The fight happened right in front of him. Hey, my wife just died. Oh, the dog is so Man, you're having a night. <laughs> I'm having a night. Stand by. Continue. <laughs> yeah, you know. The, so there was a, you know, there was a story going around that there was a confrontation between CM Punk and Miro afterwards, and that you know Miro challenged him and Punk back down. Turns out, at least I don't know who who knows who's lying, who knows who's telling the truth, but. Word now has surfaced that that whole thing was just a gag. I don't know what to believe in that situation. It's possible that it was a gag. It's possible it's not. There's also word out there that Brody King punched a wall and broke his hand, but then it also came back that he kicked a trash can. So who the hell knows what to believe? You know, it's it's very difficult to get the truth out of liars, and professional wrestlers 
are in a carny business than they lie for a living. But this whole thing just reeks of bullshit for this company because they just had the greatest week in the history of their promotion. And the only thing people are talking about is the drama and the chaos that's surrounding it. Um, and that, and that's just an unfortunate thing, but it all starts at the top. Tony Khan's got to do something about it. And I think I know what that answer is. And I don't think that, you know, I think a lot of people listening to this might like it and some people won't. I think the only thing that they could do right now is to cut bait with CM Punk. I talked about it earlier in the week on the Mike and JD show, uh, YouTube. I did a video for that. And I, I just don't know how this situation gets any better as long as this guy is in the promotion. Um, and then that, then the question becomes, do you just fire him outright? Okay. Or do you just ice him and continue to pay him? Even though he's likely the, the highest paid guy in the company. My thoughts are you do a settlement, you get rid of the guy, you just wash your hands of him. You just, you just get a clean break with him because you don't want him and his bullshit lingering in the company for, for a long period of time. And people are going to say, well, what wouldn't you be worried if WWE got him? If I'm Tony Khan, I'd be happy if WWE got him because they he would know exactly what they're about to deal with. And I'll be honest, if CM Punk got released, I don't think that WWE would pick him up after all this. WWE, for a long time, was miserable. We heard story after story and issue after issue with people getting mad because they're stuck in catering. They can't get on TV. Vince and Triple H like their favorites and yada, yada, yada. Well, then they released a ton of people. And then a lot of people ended up over in AEW. Tony Khan just couldn't resist. And I don't blame him. A lot of great talents came over. <coughs> but now you're seeing what happens when you bring in all those people. There's a reason why some of them got released. Some of them continue to be problems. Um, CM Punk wasn't one of those people that, that got released in the pandemic. He's released before, but there's a reason why he was gone from WWE. There's a reason why Malachi Black was gone. The reason why Buddy Murphy got released. The reason why Andrade got released. Keith Lee's a different story. I think there's a health issue with Keith Lee, but you're starting to see a reason why a lot of these people got released and now they're all in your promotion. And now your promotion is, is just riddled with drama all the time. Drama. He's going to have to do something about it. And I think firing an at someone's ass sends a message, right? I don't think icing them is, is the way to do it because you're just going to cost yourself money. I get it. He's a billionaire, but like JD said last week, AEW doesn't have an unlimited amount of resources. The con family does, but not AEW. They actually have a budget. So I think you, you, you reach a settlement with CM Punk. And then if you got some other pains in the asses, you let them go too. Cause I don't think WWE's picking up a bunch of people right now either. No, they're in the they're in the process of uh, trying to get a merger done. So they they're not going to be spending, and they're probably going to be cutting in the yeah. next few months when this merger is finished. <coughs> so, uh, sorry as you can see, I have a completely different lighting setup now. As Mike told, as Mike can tell you, I spent an hour beforehand trying to get this thing right, <laughs> and then this freaking ring light breaks in the middle of the freaking show. So, excuse me. Anyways, yeah, like I, you and I have gone back and forth on this. I have been a fan of how Tony Khan has decided to handle his roster and not releasing people. I've said, you know, I think ice in them is probably the better idea than you get them away. The problem is, is then everybody learns that they can kind of walk all over you. Yeah. Right. And I'll just, I'll get paid. I'll just sit at home. And so fucking, you gotta be like, so fucking what if a guy shows up on, on triple H's TV and starts singing praises, like make a statement, yeah. 
You have to make a statement at some point. Like too, this has gone on for too many times. Didn't we hear Andrade's in pissing off people again for some reason? Right? Isn't that wasn't that hey, a story a couple weeks ago? Watch, watch Collision this week and see if he has any promotional material. Watch it. Yeah. I doubt yeah. it. No, I mean like especially they're bringing Roosh back, so it's like they get and he gave. He's a, Tony Khan seems to be a real nice guy, and I'm not saying you cannot be a nice guy and run a business. I'm saying you have to be a tough guy at some point. You have to lay the law down. And like, yeah. as a coach, I try to be a real nice guy to my kids. Like, I love them. Right? You, know, you got to show you got to show the people that you care about love, and but you got to show them tough love. And I don't think we get the tough part enough, right? Yeah, he's not a tough guy, Tony Khan, but he can actually sit there and make a statement and just go, okay, you know what? You're done. Goodbye. You're done. You know who we don't need this. You know anymore. who he needs. You know who he needs to hire to to, to come in and run shop. You you suggested Bill Watts. Week, Bill Watts. <laughs> you know who, who could be the modern day Bill Watts. Who's that? His name is Coach Doug Peterson. He is the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, and he just cut his own son from the team. His own son, a backup tight end, was not living up to the deal. Was not living up to expectations. His ass unemployment line, or he might be on the practice squad, but he cut his own son. That's the type of grit you need in your locker room. Sometimes you don't have to be a total asshole all the time. Right. But if somebody's can is constantly a problem, you're doing more harm than good by continually to let them get away with it by bringing them back all the time. Um, and this isn't just pro wrestling. This is true of any professional organization. If you got a, if you got somebody that's creating a toxic environment and toxic culture around them, then you need to just, you need to cut bait. If they're doing more harm than good, you got to cut bait. I don't know how much money he brings in versus how much money you would lose. If you were to keep CM Punk in, I don't have those metrics. So I, I don't know what it's worth to, to, to Tony Khan, like why he feels it's so important to keep bringing him back. I, obviously he feels like it's financially worth it, but at some point it's no longer going to be. Um, and, and look, you know, we're, we're going to get into the all out card eventually, but I I'm it's time to go time. Sorry, CM Punk. You got to roll. No, I agree. And I would never, uh, three months ago, I never thought I would have been on this, on this part of the, the conversation, but it's just not working. Right. It seems yeah. like he's lost the whole locker room and not the whole locker room. Cause there's guys, I mean, clearly Bodie, Bodie King is willing to break his hand over it, but I mean, like, it's just, it's, it's unsustainable at this point. Like there's yeah. no, there's no cohesion. Like we can't, we can't have the, the, like I said, if it was just, Hey man, we're not going to let you go through a play glass window because that's dumb and you're going to hurt yourself and that's bad for the company. It's no, the director of uh, a talent relations can't be here. Right. Again, who cares about Nick Nemeth? Like that guy's yeah. lucky to have a job, but like when you tell Christopher Daniels, he can't, he can't be here. That's bad. Like that's bad. Right. That's yeah. this is this is this is un this is an unwinnable war. And I wish to God Tony and maybe he doesn't have that. Some people don't have the leadership skill set. Some people can't say, hey, I, I you know, we're gonna lay the law down, but you gotta bring in somebody who can. Right? You gotta hire a dickhead, you gotta hire a hatchet man. Right. Well, and I just I think I, I, the need, guy's, I need that. Yeah, the guy whose job that is is Christopher Daniels, isn't he the head of talent relations? That was Jim Ross's job for years in WWE. W, here's, Vince fired everybody, but he asked he asked Jim Ross and John Laurinaitis to do it all for him. But I think that's the problem too: is that Christopher Daniels isn't just office. He is a guy who still gets in the ring from time to time, and I think he's still one of the yeah. boys, yeah. right? I mean, like it's hard to make that transition. I think you can't half-ass that transition. You got to be all in or all out. Pardon the pun, 
but it just it doesn't seem like there's enough of that, especially in this company. And it when it was young and starting out, it was fine. Everybody had this like, okay, you know, all hands on deck. Everybody does their thing. We're a startup. They're not that anymore, right? Yeah. They just did a multi million dollar show in London that broke records. Like you need these are this is this is growing pains, right? Yeah, but you gotta grow, or else it's just pain. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you said it perfectly. Ayo's um, got a hey, good I'm comment get... in the chat real quick. Pull it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go through the comments, and then we're going to get into the uh, the all-out all card. Um, let's see. Oh, first, I want to get to Dobby the Brain Heenan, Patreon subscriber, uh, said Mike and JD Patreon is worth the money. So, of course, I had to get that one out there. Um, and then we got Ayo, also a Patreon subscriber, saying WWE is laughing at this. I bet they are. Absolutely. Uh, they had to deal with this they guy. Have their prop- they had to deal with punk shit for years. But not just that, but Finn Balor just got into a fight with, was it Sami Zayn recently? Like, this is wrestling, man. These things happen. I think it was something like that. Like, there was a fight backstage at WWE recently. Like, yeah, but Finn Balor is also happen. not banning Sami Zayn from Raw. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, the, the <laughs> WWE laughing at all this. Like, yeah. that's the, the people in that company were miserable just about a year ago. So, I mean, these things, yeah. ha- like, that's a workplace well, environment. Things go up, things go down. Like, you can't worry about what WWE thinks about any of this shit. You have to no, worry about no, your no. own house. Yeah, and th- and that's why I'm like I wouldn't worry about WWE picking up people if you release them. So I, I'm just like you can't you can't be afraid of that. Um, let's it, let's see. Uh, we got Richard Carlson reports Jack bragging about uh, bragging about going to make the comment lends to that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Io Tony equals Easy E. I wouldn't go that far yet because no. Eric Bischoff was wholly incompetent and uh, never did the numbers that um, comparatively speaking that. Um, AEW is doing. Um, but I man, I I would say as far as his management of his talent, things are going poor right now. I would say that, yeah. but I don't he hasn't thrown hot coffee on anybody yet. Um <laughs> Richard Carlson says they think it's 19 uh 1981 still. And then uh one take Jones says the biggest show of all time, and everyone's talking about their biggest star. How is that a negative? Yeah. I don't think their biggest star is gonna be around forever, and sure. he's not gonna be on the pay-per-view this Sunday, so that's not helpful at all. At yeah, all. if you can't have if you can't have your biggest star in his hometown where you have four shows, yeah, how is that helping anything? And believe me, you and I are, like I said before, you and I have been more neutral on this punk thing than anybody else has been. And if we're saying it's time to go, it might be time to go. Yeah. And then Io, uh, does Warner Media have a say with punk? I think that's a very interesting comment. That is the question. That's what I wanted you to pull up. I don't know. With David. David Zasloff is also not a very good leader. If you're following what's going on in the WGA SAG strikes right now, he has made multiple comments about how the say how Warner Media is saving money because of the strike. Like he has Ugh. done a he has done an amazing job of alienating his employees or his independent contractors in some cases. Like this is he is he is a poor leader as well. He has done nothing but tank the stock over there. Um, when when uh, Punk bragged about the one bill film, like is that really the guy that you want to be quoting? Like, the, so um, I don't know. They could very well be, hey, we're Punk or bust because companies make bad decisions, especially Warner Brothers. I could do a yes. whole hour on how much money Warner Brothers has wasted over the decades on unmade superhero movies, billions of dollars on movies that have never been actually made. So it's Warner warner dna to make mistakes so yeah i don't know uh, i'll just say uh cnn plus 
they launched a, a streaming app for CNN and it died on day one. Um, all Warner Brothers. Yeah, they have a history of making bad decisions. A history. Um, Richard also says probably wouldn't ha- hurt to have a professional run their travel arrangements as opposed to Bryce Remsburg. Here's the thing. Yeah. Bryce Remsburg is getting paid to do the job, so he is a professional. Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. He's just, he's just not doing a very good job, clearly. Um, I mean, is he not doing a very good job, clearly? Because everybody else managed to find their way back to the hotels except for CM Punk, <laughs> who made it sure to leak that he was excluded when that's not was the case, right? Well, we did hear that it was the fan that had the picture that actually leaked it, but then CM Punk, yeah. of course, had to tell his buddies the context of everything and say, oh, well, you know, they they didn't pick me up from the airport. But uh, And then I think Lavi Margolin actually had uh, – actually had the uh, the travel email telling everybody how to get to where they need to go. And maybe Punk just didn't read the email, which happens. Hey, look, it happens in my organization all the time. My airmen don't read half the shit I send them. So I have to send them the email. We have a group chat on WhatsApp. I send the information in the chat. And then I go and I talk to them in person just to make sure they got all the important information. So, um, But you know what? A hey, rest in peace, Bob Ryder, a legendary yeah. travel arrangement guy in the history of professional wrestling. So um, yeah. they, they need to get their own version of Bob Ryder. Um, that is a that is a difficult job to do. For sure. And I went on a I went on a rant on our old on our old network um, about a month ago over issues I was having with our travel department here. That is a difficult job to do, and people can be assholes. I know because I was being one at one point uh, to our travel people. So, um, but hey, dude, so just you're going to all out on Sunday. I am. Before we get into the match by match. What are your overall thoughts on the card? How are you feeling going into All In or All Out? I'm sorry. I love WCW for pluses and minuses. And that's a lot of what this company is. And that's kind of what I wanted. I wanted a new WCW and I got it. Careful what you wish for. I feel like this is, I'm going to see the Clash of the Champions. Yeah. I'm okay with that too, by the way. I don't think that's a terrible thing. I think that I know I've said, I've said this before on our old old network. I think you have afford a mulligan here. You just did your biggest show ever. Mm-hmm. This is an experiment. You sold a ton of pay-per-views. If you sell one, it's more than what would have been sold a year ago. You're going to yeah. make a million dollar gate, right? I'm going. Not. I'm thrilled. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to have a good time. I always have a good time going to these shows, taking my kid. Uh, is it the card I envisioned in my head? No, but at the same time, when they announced the two shows back together, I knew Chicago wasn't going to get the big one, the big stuff. So, yeah. I mean, it is, it kind of is what it is. And like, yeah. who was that guy that bitched about Chicago? Like UK is getting screwed. So Chicago can have the good cards. How'd that turn out? You <laughs> dork. <laughs> yeah. They went, they went all in on all in, obviously. Well, they should have. It's 80, it's 90,000 people as compared to 10. Like I get that. Yeah. So the, the you know what the problem became is that they had these two pay-per-views back-to-back, and I clearly don't think that they wanted them to both be pay-per-views. Yeah. I think one of them was supposed to be a streaming special, and the other one was a pay-per-view. Pick your point. I think the, the London show was supposed to be streaming, and the All Out so was too. supposed to be pay-per-view. Well, when they found out that they both had to be pay-per-views, like Tony Khan doesn't pivot very well. I think that's been established. He had to do a little bit of a pivot, um, and he put the bigger matches on the Wembley show as appropriate, the problem I have is that, and I know he might have wanted to save certain matches for certain other dates. I felt like with the roster that they have, they could have just said, 
storyline be damned and still just try to put on as many big matches as they could. I'm looking at the card and I only really see two matches that stick out to me as being anything that I'm remotely all that interested in. Everything else I felt like could have been on collision or dynamite. Right. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll get started um, with well, the main well, event. Well, hold on. So what would you do though? If you've got yeah. talent that are stuck in Florida because of a hurricane, if you got talent mm, that might yeah. be COVID positive, your options become limited, right? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. If you're if you're dealt, I mean, like I think he this is this is a problem of his own making. Like I'm not saying like this man didn't set himself up for failure. We all said two pay per views back to back was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But if you're him and you have this card, what do you do? Like, what would you do differently? Like, I don't well, agree with I, not giving. I don't agree with not giving MJF a title match, but at the same time, it's a weak build. So I. I would rather not have a title match and have a I, no build. I would have I would have had something on all in. They had a ton of matches. I would have tried to make one of them a number one contenders match or something. Um, you know what I mean? Like because the original so Mike booked the show in his head and Tony didn't live up to expectations. Tony might not have listened to our show, so didn't have any idea what I was trying to tell him. So, but my idea was and the, the CM Punk's match was to be a number one contenders match, and then he would face the winner of Adam Cole and MJF at all out clearly they wanted cm punk to face ricky starks for the real world championship cm punk got himself disqualified uh, suspended so that matches out the window we'll talk about that in a little bit so i get it shit happened and he couldn't get everything that he wanted but i'm looking at some of the talent on the card and i was just like oh man so we'll we'll we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into we'll get into each match and then i'll just say you know i think maybe we should have done this one differently sure um, I'll here. main event is in my opinion, although I don't think they have said it as the main event, the way that they ended Dynamite makes me feel like it's the main event. Orange Cassidy and John Moxley, I love that match. I have grown to become a big fan of Orange Cassidy. I love his title run. Uh, if I had a a Jim Cornette style um, tweak, I, I would say kicking out a little too much. Like it's getting a little egregious every single week. <laughs> like 50, 55 kickouts. I, I, okay, I get that that's the style now, but I'm just like, Okay, guys, like I, I'm not even paying attention until like the 17th kick out at this point. So um, that that's just Mike's what Mike likes to see in wrestling. Okay, but uh, I am become a big fan of Orange Cassidy. I think that economy with John Moxley. I'm sure they've wrestled before, but they haven't wrestled in such a high profile match. And then plus this puts the inter, the international title on a, on a bigger stage, and I like that too. So um, I'm really looking forward to the match. Who do you think wins? I know we talked to a good friend of ours who. Uh who said they should keep it on orange and build them for a year. I disagree. I think John Moxley, I would put it on Moxley. It's got to feel big. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. I'm not a booker. Yeah. And when punk fucks up, what do you do, Tony? You hit the Moxley button, you put him in the main event of a pay-per-view and you give him the title. Um, <laughs> so you got John Moxley. I, I agree. I think, I think you go Moxley here. Um, yeah. Chris, Chris Statlander versus a Ruby Soho for the TBS title. What do you think? It's fine. They've been building it on TV. Like they didn't Statlander didn't have a match at the big show and she's a champion. Like I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking Statlander takes it. So um oh, yeah, in the match, the match, predict- the match I'm predicting Statlander. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a preview show, JD. Stay with me, bud. <laughs> I hate predicting. You know I hate predictions. I, I know Statlander. Statlander, we gotta give the people what they want. Okay. Now this match, uh, this match is gonna be a spoiler. It's for the ROH tag team titles. It's Adam Cole and MJF 
versus spoiler, 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 the dork order, John Silver now, and uh, Alex Reynolds. Now here I will relent and say, you're yes. right. There's tons of people and tons of teams, I should say, on this roster that would have been better. But let's be honest, this is going to be a shtick match. I can't believe it's not the kingdom, quite frankly. But then again, it's only been a week. You know, if this was a yeah. month later, I'd say it better be the kingdom, but it's a week later. So somebody else is fine. But Dark Order, I mean, is this just a make good for them not being on Wembley? I, maybe, but you know what? I don't care. They're lucky to have jobs. Yeah. I, 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 okay. I, I wish they would have had MJF in a title match. But if they were like, nope, we don't want, we absolutely refuse to have MJF in a title match, they could have done MJF versus Hangman, who at this point still isn't booked. He could show up later. They they could have they could have done a rematch with Adam Cole if they wanted to. They could have done a lot of different things. There's lots of great talent on this roster. They mm -hmm. could have done something on Dynamite to create a number one contender, and then just you know shotgunned it a big star, and then gave a guy a title match. But they're not doing that. They have the ROH tag team title because this is a pay per view, and it's traditionally their biggest show of the year. Um, I know All In is now the biggest show of the year, so this might make this one second or however they want to look at it. I would have went Young Bucks. I know they just lost to FDR, but you know what? MJF and Adam Cole just lost. To, they lost to FDR too. They got the ROH Tag Team title shot. It's a secondary title. I would have went Young Bucks. I would have had the Young Bucks win the stupid Battle Royal and done Young Bucks. I know they're booked later in the in the evening, but I would have scrapped that whole bullshit match they're in and, put, uh, and you put Young Bucks versus MJF and Adam Cole, that's a marquee match. That's a big fucking match. Dark Order, nobody wants to see them on pay-per-view. I, I don't disagree in theory, but I'm going to say it's because it's a week later. I think, I think you're giving stuff away. I, right. I, I mean, not, like there's no bill, like there's people no bill. Are, people like, are no paying. Way. People, people are, paying. are paying, paying for it. I don't the, disagree. People are paying for it. And you gotta, you gotta, you, you, you still got some tickets to sell. It's not sold out. You got some pay-per-views to sell and yet you're giving it away. But MJF and Adam Cole are not going to be a tag team for that much longer. So yeah, but they're the this most one might have been the company right now. They they are, but you but you throw but that's why you give you put them in the match of the young bucks. That's a more and, and beat the bucks again. I they could the, the bucks could win. The bucks could no, win. I don't right. You, no. you you figure it out. You 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 book right. your way out of it. But right now it's just kind of like a it's a nothing match on a paper. It is a nothing just, match. It is I, nothing I'm just, match. I, I feel like he's just kind of throwing in the towel on that. I don't know. That's the way I see it. Tony Khan does throw in the towel, it feels like sometimes when things don't when things don't follow the plan, it really does feel like he just kind of slapdashes stuff. Like last year when they did the number one contenders battle royal, and people like why in Wardlow in there, and Wardlow cuts the and saying, "Well, I don't want the the world title." What? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, uh, Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor, a match that has been promoted on Ring of Honor television. Um, I have not seen an ounce of ROH TV since Tony Khan bought it, except for the pay-per-view. So, so I'm, um, I'll watch it for I'm sure it's going to be a good match, though. I just don't think it's all that interesting, but it should be a good match. Like, I, I Samoa Joe's going to win, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I like Shane Taylor, though. Um, yeah. Should we talk about this, or should we leave this alone? Because you and I have heard some things. Talk about it, because I don't think I know what you're talking about right now. I might have missed so, something. We heard a rumor that this match, and this is a rumor, so this could be completely unfounded, that this match is, is been, has been made to light a fire underneath the butt of Shane Taylor's former tag team partner. Oh, okay. Keith Lee. S story we have heard. Well, I hope, so, I hope that it does that. 
Um, so I, I don't know if there's truth to that, but that is the story we have heard. And it's a ballsy move to do that on a pay-per-view, but this is kind of playing off like a like an ROH pay-per-view anyway. So I don't know. Maybe it's the way to go. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm sure the match will be fine. Um, I, I don't do match by match recaps for it. So unless it's like, you know, blow away, I, I don't know that I'm going to actually catch it. So, um, I'll, I'll wait to see your review of that match, JD, before I take a look at it. Um, next up, we got bullet club gold versus, um, FTR and the young bucks in an eight man tag. I personally hate eight man tags, but it could be very good. Tell me you hated the survivor series and all those classic matches. Yeah, there, I'm, you know, there I'm was, totally. There was one. I think there was one that I liked. It, it was an elimination match early, and then we'll we'll talk about one on overtime a little bit later that I actually really liked. But uh, for the most part, not a big fan of eight man tags. No, I agree. This feels like a collision match. Yeah, uh, who you got winning? Bullet Club Gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not give them the dub? Um, Kenny Omega versus Takeshita. This is the other match that I actually really care about. I really want to see this match. Some people are complaining that it' not a great build. Look, there's no stakes involved, but there's heat to me. I, I don't know. I think it's an important match. So, and no, I, I think, yeah. yeah, and I think I think Takeshita should win. This is the most well-built match on the card. We've been building this in some way or form for over a year, right? For the first time Takeshita yeah. was in. So, yeah, this is this has the most. This I think this has the most stakes of any non-title match and I love this and I hope Takeshita goes over but I think Kenny will go over. Well, you know Kenny might because they do have uh they are missing one of their main event guys. <laughs> it looks like he might who knows if he'll ever come back. They might have to put Kenny Omega back in a main event slot. So maybe this is um, the time to make a main event guy. There you go. Maybe and this you know is what? the time to make Takeshita to like have him beat yeah. Kenny Omega and then he's a guy who beat Kenny Omega twice. Yeah, you know? and you know what? Kenny Omega can lose. He's bulletproof at this point. Yeah, no, I I, I feel you on that. Yeah. Um, Miro versus uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, dude. I'm I'm on. I I want to see this match. I'm on the fence about who should win though. I kind of agree. I think both guys kind of need a win, but yeah. um, I'm really. I think this is going to be a fun match. Like, uh, I kind of wish we got more of these guys on Collision. Right. I wish we did more to build this, but we're here and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I don't know, man. I, I this is like a push to me. I have no idea who goes over. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I have to gun to my head, I'm going to, I'm going to say powerhouse Hobbs. Just I'll go I Miro. Like, just to... Yeah. Just for just, yeah, just to be opposite, but um, just to do it. I, yeah. I don't know. But so you're going to be at the show, you're taking the kid and you're, you're excited for the show. I'm, I'm excited okay, to spend not... a day with my kid. Yeah, so you're not going to ask Tony for a refund because Punk isn't there. No, why would I do that? Like, I was going to shows <laughs> like this before Punk was on there. I went to the first all-in in, in this town. Like, I love going to the United Center. Like, no, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun show. It'll be a good show because AEW does put on good pay-per-view shows. Yeah. Um, It's yeah. questionable why this show is happening, but I'm happy that it is and I can go. Like, I cannot be one of these dudes that, oh, what do you know? Well, yeah. Oh, we, we got we're, a guest. We're gonna, we, we got a guest. Hey, um, this is a very special guest. Um, I, I need to, I need to ask him how to pronounce his name so I don't screw it up. I always call him backup hangman, but what, what, Hey, what's up, man? You're on the Mike and JD show. Am I here? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah, yeah we're, hey, we're, we're live. Bro. Hey, before I mess up your name, how do I pronounce your first name? Ibu. Ibu. Okay. Ibu, uh, AKA backup hangman on, on yes. X Twitter, whatever Twitter, 
he's also a, a big time guy on Russell Purist. Welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I uh, just got off work. I'm home. I'm uh, kind of unwinding. I was listening to you guys on the way home and uh, a lot of really good insight. You guys run a nice, nice, uh, nice show here. You guys are talking about the punk situation and, um, you know, all, all the all the issues stemming from that and, 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 and this breakdown of all out. So uh, I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to go. I can be here as long as you guys have me and uh, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, yeah. yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for joining. Yeah. Look, you know, we're, right. we're not going to take up too much of your time. I, I guess the first question is, yes. is where, you know, where do you stand with, with, I don't want to say who's at fault and blah, 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 who's to blame for everything, but where do you stand with just the overall vibe in the company right now? Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's tough, man. I, uh, I had a rant that kind of uh, made the rounds on Twitter a day or two ago about this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I saw. <laughs> yeah, it's here's the thing. I, I said this on my show two Mondays ago, and and that's that. There's one core situation here that is, at least at on a tangential level, causing most of the related problems happening, and that's the CM Punk and Elite issue. Their beef. Um, the bottom line is until that gets solved, it's just going to create another string of issues. And, uh, quite frankly, because it's not going to get solved and because, um, there's no efforts, uh, on a managerial level to, um, facilitate, to set up a meeting to then maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, rectify some of these problems. Um, these problems are just going to continue to persist. CM Punk's not going to get fired for this, guys. This uh, this Jungle Boy situation, he's not getting fired for it. He, he will be back. I don't know when. Could be all out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely could be. He could come back at all out. He could come back uh, in a few weeks. But the, the bottom line is he's not getting fired for it. He's going to stay, right? So I'll ask you guys a question. As far as we know, aren't the pay-per-view shows where Collision and uh, Dynamite guys are all there under the same roof? Because that's that's how they've been doing it so far, and yeah. um, it, it's just it's just one of those things where you know what the cycle is, you know what the cycle is. Uh, someone says something, Punk sees a, a passive aggressive tweet somebody makes, he takes exception to it, he keeps it, he files it in his brain. Uh, people say stuff back and forth. They talk to their uh, reporter of choice to communicate through the media. It plays out in front of all the fans who then witness, you know, these conflicting contradictory reports uh, on a day long news cycle. Um, it's a back and forth, it's a mess. And then the next time that these guys are all under the same roof, CM Punk, because he's not somebody who's gonna let these things, uh, you know, fly by him, is going to confront these people. And then a situation is gonna happen. And that's just how it is. And, uh, it's going to continue that way because the way I look at it, guys, is just <laughs> CM Punk is who he is. His opposition, so to speak, are who they are. And this is how the company kind of, this is the environment that the company allowed to exist. And so it's just going to persist until something is, until action is taken to, to change the culture from that standpoint. And uh, at the top, Tony Khan has a personal affinity for CM Punk. He loves Phil. He loves him as a person and he loves him as a performer. And you're going to tell me that that doesn't play a part in how, um, 
I don't know how this situation has played out. Of course it has. Quite frankly, I said this on my show as well. The reason why the CM Punk and AEW relationship has sustained even past all these controversies and even past the fact that there are many talents that um, are not fond of Phil and would rather he not be there. The reason why it's, it's kind of powered through that is because CM Punk and Tony Khan are thick as thieves. You know, and because of that, it's like that other shit surrounding doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Do you yes. not buy the Wade Keller report that came out earlier this week that maybe there was a rift in that relationship? Um, rift, no. The blow up probably happened 100%. Okay. Tony Khan is thicker skinned than maybe some people would imagine. Would not surprise me if CM Punk screamed at him and said, you know, things along the lines of I hate this place and this is a mess and get this shit together and so on and so forth. Probably happened. Probably happened. Uh, but knowing what I know of Tony Khan, right? His reaction is, I'm sorry, my other phone is buzzing. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, probably, it's probably coming through on stream. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, um, you're, cool. you're, you're cool, dude. Right. So, look, knowing what I know of Tony Khan, you know what his reaction was to that? Probably, most likely. Um, he most likely probably nodded his head, maybe even made concessions and agreed with some of the issues Phil was raising. Probably wasn't, you know, obviously pleased with the fact that he's being screamed at. Um, but likely just no sold it and then just kind of walked right back compartmentalized and went right back to running the show and um as wade said and other outlets i think have kind of reported this look the, the bottom line is this when people are suspended in aw you have minimal contact with uh top brass it's just how they conduct things there when they do investigations right yeah. um and so as a result cm punk isn't having the regular contact that he usually has with tony which is when there's an issue and just in general they they text all the time you know and in this case, he's not having that contact with uh, with Tony. But what I'd imagine, and I and this belief was then reinforced by the things he said in the in the uh, in the in the uh, media call he had this morning. I'd imagine that Tony is working tirelessly to exhaust every resource he has to be able to speed up this investigation process and get Phil back on as quick as possible. If he could make the Chicago date on Sunday. And uh, if he can't, then maybe they could then slow down with things and just take it as the, as it comes. But um, if you if you put a gun to his head and asked him like truthfully, like what what do you want to happen? He'd probably say, "I want Phil to make Chicago, so that they can do the match with Ricky Starks." Um, so, what are my thoughts on the overall situation? I mean, look, again, this is the precedent established in the company. These people are who they are. They react to situations the way they react, and. Um, you know, Jungle Boy felt comfortable enough to take the shot that he did. Phil is like, all right, then this means I have to punch him. It played out in front of Tony <laughs> Khan. And there you go. People don't, you know, <laughs> this is the situation. It's just not going to change. And um, again, I, I said this two weeks ago. Until the, at its absolute core, um, the core issue is rectified. This is just going to continue to repeat. And it's it's not. I, again, another thing. Um, I can tell you guys this. There were overtures made and efforts made to organize a CM Punk elite meeting a few weeks ago. And it briefly seemed like that was going to happen. But ultimately, it did not. And at this point in time, I don't think it is just going to happen. And um, 
this is obviously a source of frustration for CM Punk. And this is not me. Here's where I, I start. Like, I'm just going to make this clear now. From here on, I am now interpreting and speculating based off not, you know, information I have at in front of me, right? Th- that is definitely the reality that he will not be able to work those top stars absolutely contributes to mounting frustrations that are causing him to lash out in other ways, ways like the hangman shot after, after the collision episode, right? Or, you know, whatever other thing, like Jungle Boy, fighting Jungle Boy. Um, so it just, this is just the situation we have in front of us. I, if you ask me, JD and Mike, um, it appears like the wrestling business aspect of wrestling makes CM Punk deeply unhappy. And uh, if he can't, if he can't have the top programs that you would think he should have on paper, I don't know what the point is in being there, especially since he's already kind of made the enemies he's made and that's just not going to change. And he's going to be who he is. I I, I don't really understand the long-term. I don't see what the the long-term future is for this relationship. That's what it sounds like. Like this sounds like a complete disaster. Like you've got, you've got a bunch of people who, who don't want to work with you. Like we were talking to our friend, uh, we're talking to a friend earlier today and he's, he compared it to like a breakup or a divorce that just kind of gets dragged out longer and longer. And it makes people more and more bitter until the very end. And that, and that's what it feels like as a fan that we're watching is I'm a Chicago guy, man. I want to see, I want to see CM Punk in this company. I think the company is better with him in it, but I just hate the fact that we have to have this conversation every week. Like we're an hour into our show and that's literally the only thing that we've (laughs) talked about. And it's like, it's, it's so, it's so played out, but at the same time, it's the number one driving narrative in this whole business right now. And I just, I don't see unless Tony Khan really puts the foot down and says, look, we got to fix this. This is, this is unhealthy. And I don't know if he thinks it is unhealthy, quite frankly. He seems to play up these things when he has these media calls. Like, oh, you know, sometimes people like each other. It's not bad for a product. And like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get where he's coming from on this stuff. It's funny when he, when he would first say that type of thing, I, I didn't really disagree. I was like, yeah, it's wrestling. People don't like each other. Everybody has some type of small, you know, ticky tack issue with the next guy. They all talk shit about each other. They all bury each other to some degree uh, to other people. That's just the wrestling business. And so when Tony would say these things, especially proceeding all out last year, he said this to Dave Meltzer literally right before, you know, this happened. And my thought was like, yeah, I mean, it's wrestling. That just, it is what it is, right? But now that we've seen how that manifests itself into just negative publicity and, and just untenable situations now within his own company, um, I... It, I'm on the other side of the fence now. I'm not saying it has to be kumbaya and that they have to hold hands and it has to be 2019, you know, where everybody's just like the best of buddies, at least, uh, you know, that's how it appeared. But um, again, and, and maybe on some level, maybe someone would, maybe somebody like a CM Punk would watch this and say, do you think it's fair that these guys can just freeze me out and box me out because of A, B, and C? But the bottom line is, look, it, it's the EVP's company. You know, it's Tony's company. And uh, he played in their sandbox until he could no longer, you know, for a multitude of reasons, some of which he contributed to. And so this is just the situation that it is. And uh, yeah, what's up? 
No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just, oh, a quick fine. question. Yes. Um, and, and JD, you can weigh in on this too. As soon as that train leaves your, uh, leaves your neighborhood. <laughs> sorry, JD had to mute his microphone because the train's going by. Hey, um, so is it, do we think that, you know, maybe punk doesn't respect Tony Khan's ability to handle these situations. Is that the reason why he feels the need to handle them himself? Because this, you know, jungle boy, I'm not, he, jungle boy is not like a, he's not like a jobber, right? He's not an opening curtain guy. He's a mm. relatively known star in the company. He's a day one guy. He's, mm. uh, you know, people really like this kid. Um, but at the same time, he's also not like a main event player. Why would a guy like CM Punk even feel the need to mess with a guy like Jungle Boy, why wouldn't he be like, hey, Tony Khan, you need to get this little shit in line? You know what I mean? Like, why would he even go and confront this kid? Yeah. Um, if you were to ask anybody from CM Punk's camp or people close to him or him himself, he would he would tell you that uh, he's made attempts to kind of voice uh, his concerns about these types of things and that to, to him it wasn't properly handled. And so, yeah, if you, you know, your question about does he feel like he has to take this upon himself? He, he 100% does. Um, so, yeah, he, he definitely, if you were to ask him, like, did you just not think that someone was going to punish Jack Perry? He'd probably say no, they wouldn't. Um, yeah. I spoke close, I spoke to people close with CM Punk about these types of things. And, and, and that's the sentiment, you know. And it goes back all the way back to, you know, what he believes is the first big shot, which is, as you guys would know, it's uh, from from his standpoint, it's the Hangman Page thing in the promo. Um, and so again, th these are these are circular conversations. These are the things we're touching on here. These are issues that existed a year ago, and um, the thing that I keep going back to is just this is untenable. This is not sustainable. Um, Punk is going to come back and likely what they're going to decide is, all right, we'll stop booking Jack Perry for the Saturday tapings. Right. Okay. And then he does some collisions and it'll be fine and quiet for a few weeks. And then what a pay-per-view happens. Everybody's in the same roof again. He'll probably try to find an elite member to talk to them to force his way through a meeting. It's not, it still just won't happen. And uh, like I said, you know, a dark order member is going to like a negative punk tweet and he'll see it. <laughs> or, or, like, what a, it sounds funny, yeah. but the, like, this is, this is how this shit goes. You know, yeah. a, a fucking, I don't know. Nakazawa is going to just like tweet like, what a fraud. And he'll, you know, he'll find that. That's just, that's how it is. Um, so I, 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 like, I wish, I wish I could get Tony in a room and be like, what's, what's the, what's the long-term vision here? I, I think the biggest, one of the other unfortunate things about this is, you know, for me as a fan, right. Um, I actually don't really give a shit if wrestlers are beefing with each other behind the scenes, as long as like my on-screen product is good. Me neither. Same. I agree. Yep. Um, but this has affected the quality of AEW's product, even if indirectly, because um, the idea was Collision is going to be the best of the punk vortex of AEW, and uh, Dynamite would be the best of everything else. And you'd get, you know, this the different mixes in, in their full, unfiltered form, and it'd be great. And we saw flashes of this. I mean, uh, there's been some Collision episodes that I think have been excellent. Um, but ultimately, 
broadly speaking, when I think about it and just how I feel when I watch the TV, I don't feel like I'm getting the best of both worlds. I feel like I'm getting diminishing returns of AEW's product. Uh, I, I agree. I think the last couple of weeks of TV have not been great on either side. No. Right? Collision, Collision by its own existence has to be the better show because why is it there? Right. It has to like go above and beyond because it will never get the dynamite ratings and it has to be just to justify its existence. It has to go above and beyond. And I don't I feel like we rotate through the same seven, eight wrestlers every week doing different things. Whereas dynamite, it feels like it feels like both products are stuck in the mud. Like you say this and it's all stemming from from this toxicity and it just we're, we're stuck. What do we do? That's what I'm saying. And so it's yeah. like it's like, all right, so they're not going to settle this issue. They're going to both be in their little orbits. The TV suffers because it's just, it's almost like, you know, spinning its wheels on, on, on each side. And um, I almost feel like AEW used to benefit from being the buffet, from being the variety show, from being the show that like gave you a piece of this and a piece of that and a piece of this. You know, you tune into a Dynamite from 2021 or 2022 and Punk and Max are doing a Crockett angle. And then the very next segment, you're getting like a, a you know, a six, a trios match that would fit out a PWG show. And I love that personally, because I, I, I like different types of wrestling. And so the variety was great. Um, but being inundated with the same kind of direction, it just I, doesn't work for me um, the way it's being done on TV right now. And uh, there's just this looming, overarching feeling when I watch it, that I'm watching a compromise. This is a compromise. This isn't like a thing that they're doing of their own volition, a thing that they're doing because they think it's best. You can feel that this is uh that we're watching a situation play out right before you because it has to be that way and uh i don't love it i don't love it so again the idea that punk doesn't like the young bucks and the young bucks hate his fucking guts you know before it was like like whatever i mean it sucks that they're not going to wrestle each other but like they i don't you know these people aren't my <laughs> i don't fucking have dinner with these individuals so it doesn't matter to me i'm a wrestling fan right but now it is affecting these products. And uh, that's where it's like, all right, like, what are we doing here? You know, the shows are worse and there's a, it's a mess backstage. And, and I didn't even get into the fact of, of how, how um, you know, talent are feeling about this. Because I, look, I, I spoke to I spoke to top level talent in AEW after the situation and, and, and people, people uh, within the promotion. And um, it wasn't even the, the I think the saddest thing was um, it wasn't even like a, a a pure sentiment of like fuck Phil or fuck Jack Perry. It was more like fuck this that this happened. Yeah. You know, we just did we just did when the a lot, Sean's um reporting on this was, was dead on in that like the big feeling was just like man we just did Wembley and this is what we're talking about. You know, and uh, they pointed the blame in like every direction. That was the that was the feeling like like of like yeah the culture is why this happened this way. Yeah, Jack Perry was wrong for his shot. Oh, man, why did Phil overreact and feel the need to fight him? All these things were, ha were, were feelings expressed to me concurrently, you know? Um, so it's a shame. Oh, so it feels like when you're a kid and you go visit a buddy's house and his parents are getting a divorce and everything is all awkward <laughs> and you can't, but you're too young to really kind of process this. All you know is that something feels off. And that's the vibe I get watching the shows lately. I find myself playing with my phone more often than anything right now, watching dynamite and collision. And it's, it bums me out. Cause it makes me, it makes this not fun. It makes, I hate, I hate that this has become what our shows are. 
right? Is just that we're, yeah. you know, constantly combing through Twitter, looking for what might be a passive aggressive remark, debating, you know, whether or not these guys could win in a fight. And it's just, it's so stupid. Who gives a sh- I right. used to, I, here's the thing. First of all, when, when dynamite was, you know, firing on all cylinders, you'd watch the show, you'd be energized. You'd be thinking about like next week's show for the next seven days. You know, there'd yeah. be so much, there was so much there when it comes to just depth of content that like, there was so much to kind of um, break down and talk about. Uh, I find myself thinking about AEW actively on the off days and all that kind of thing. I was fucking itching like a crack fiend. And and now it's like, <laughs> I watch it and then I, and I finish it and I'm like, that was cool. And I don't find myself like itching for you know televised AEW content until it comes. And then when it comes, I watch it out of habit. And like more often than not, it's not a terrible show. I mean, there's a lot of good wrestling because the roster is phenomenal, but it, it's just not the same in that respect. And then again, I go on my shows and 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 or I you know read through social media and like the conversations aren't about the first and foremost front page conversations aren't like oh man, what did you guys think about like this booking decision or where they're going with this pay per view and this angle? No, it's it's. It's the morning's report on what happened backstage or this plan or that thing or this thing that fell through or this guy who doesn't want to do this with that guy. And uh, I used to dread like being on the shows like a year ago, right? When this was start, just early, like stuff starting to linger and fester, I used to like roll my eyes. Oh, I got to fucking talk about the news for 10 minutes before I can just break down like this match I really like. And now that's all the shit it's about. You know, everybody's show is just about the bullshit before the TV. And, and then it's like, I got to talk about that exhausting conversation. Then I got to talk about a show that didn't really move me that much. Um, so, yeah, I hate to be a downer, but that's just kind of um, oh, that's, that's, that's just kind of where I'm at with it right now. That's reality. When we had our yeah. Impact show, like, um, I would go out of my way to try to work in some AEW talk back then because the shows were so interesting. And there was so much cool stuff going on from right. wrestling and from a storytelling aspect. And now that it's just it's all it's like 1997 and it's not the good part about 1987 yeah you've spitting truths yeah i agree with that appreciate that appreciate that yeah um i i i got a good question and i i will say this sure. is a good question <laughs> um you know considering that you you have contacts within the punk camp and you seem to be friendly with some of the people that he knows is having a twitter name of backup hangman the best idea considering all the stuff that's going on in aw <laughs> uh <laughs> Oh, I don't give a shit. I I, yeah, just... I, I, mean, I have expressed to the punk. Like, here's the thing about yeah. it, right? So here's here's a misconception, and I'll, I'll happily point it out here because I'd imagine maybe even people of your guys' audience might might think this, but um, me having so-called contacts with the the punk camp, so to speak, right? That does not mean that I I, I co-sign all the views of of CM Punk in his camp. Nor does it mean that CM Punk's beefs are my beefs. I don't know Mr. Stephen Waltz. I don't know Nick and Matt Jackson. I don't know Kenny Omega. So why would I personally have a problem personally with these individuals? You know, I uh, I, I think the elite are excellent wrestlers. And um, Hangman Page uh, is half of my namesake because when I made my wrestling Twitter account uh, two and a half years ago, Hangman Page was one of the best res- uh, wrestling baby faces in the fucking world. And uh, so, so that's kind of where that came from. And uh, no, this was never brought up. Uh, and I have expressed uh, to this camp uh, that I think the elite are great wrestlers and it's not a problem because it shouldn't be a problem because I'm a grown man and I'm allowed to uh, enjoy any wrestler that I want. you damn right. And I was just busting balls. I just, <laughs> no, 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 you were, you were, here's the thing, you were, 
but but yeah. I, I saw the opportunity to just kind of yeah. put that out there, you know, because because I because I do see that though. I do see people kind of people assume that when you come into contact with various camps or this or that, because this is such a polarizing issue, right? Yeah, you know, everything has to be so segmented and like, oh man, he he talks to these people, that means this, or he talks to them, and that means that. He, 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 he's a big fan of this guy. So that means he feels this way. And, and in some cases for maybe the, you know, the freakazoids on social media, it's that way. A lot of the hardcore CM Punk super fans automatically have to be these cornet adjacent, you know, maniacs that, that hate the elite or hate this or hate that, you know, CM Punk is my favorite active wrestler from a fan perspective. But that doesn't mean that I have to now, you know, just assume every CM Punk based opinion or, you know, this and that. So that's kind of, that's kind of the thing with that. No, it's awesome. And I'm glad that you clarified that because I there's I, I have seen some of that stuff online and I'm just like, you know, Ibu sounds like he's just like a normal dude. Like, I don't, I don't think he's I, taking sides one way or the other. You just happen I, to have a lot of information on one of the sides. I swear to God, it's 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 so funny. I am. The other thing is because of this, um, I think people let out their punk based frustrations at me specifically. And I'm like, oh my god! Um, I think whatever people are mad about with, regarding CM Punk, they're like, I will. This there's this fucker on Twitter who's active, and I could just curse him out. Just yesterday, I I think yesterday or the day before, um, I tweeted out, and I just kind of threw it out there because like an instant reaction. I didn't even think when I posted it, but um, when I found out that, that Punk was suspended, I was like, ah oh, man, maybe he could maybe he could drop the uh, the real world championship to uh, to to Ricky before and then serve a suspension. And someone was just kind of like. For him to drop a championship, it has to be a real championship first, you bell end. And I was just kind of like, <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know. I was like, Miss, I, I don't know you. You know, you don't know yeah. me. Uh, why are you? Why do you feel so comfortable with insulting somebody that you do not know? And and why does his opinion make me a bell end? And then my yeah. response is to get blocked. And I was like, man, what's going on here? Because I. Yeah. Like I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd like I, to explain to that person that none of these belts are real, and nobody actually wins these matches. Like, relax, guys. Right, and, and but that's the thing. This is such a polarizing situation that everybody's turned up about it. You know, everybody's so passionate about it, and everybody's so. Um, it seems like stressed or something. Like the, the animosity, but like that people are exhibiting towards each other because of maybe differences of opinion or perspective on this CM Punk elite beef. I think part of that is also why I would like this to just fucking go away because my God, I personally do not base my friendships online regarding wrestling over your stance on CM Punk, CM Punk with AEW and brawl out. I don't fucking care. In fact, JD and Mike, a lot of my colleagues on wrestle purist, can't fucking stand CM Punk. They actively hate the guy. And they think that he's the biggest issue in AEW. He's the guy that needs to go away. He's the cancer that's infecting the entire promotion, right? You know what my opinion on that is? I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. I have real world problems. I have a job. I have bills to pay. I don't fucking care, you know? But but what I, what I see as just a, a bigger trend is... Um, this is affecting people's relationships and how they uh, interact with each other and all this and that. And it, it goes to show you how polarizing of a problem it is. It's affected wrestling discourse. It's affected AEW internally. It's affected the product. It's affected how fun wrestling is to discuss online. I, I guess I covered that with discourse, but still, like, it just <laughs> what a shitty situation, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. Mike and, and I are part of. Oh, go ahead, JD. Like, no, no you, see, Mike you, and I are part first. of. 
okay, Mike and I are part of multiple discords and Slack channels and stuff like that. Multiple. And there's so much talk and it's all like wound up pissed off people are mad constantly about this and it's gotten me to the point where i don't even want to go on these things because it's just everybody is miserable all the time and i'm always the mind that i don't know any of these people like i don't right i don't care like i don't know any of them and neither do you right like none of these no one who's getting all worked up over this is actually friends with these guys so it just i it's become such a negative space that it's it's taken the joy out of my hobby which i freaking hate right now right and, and, we're and, an hour and a half in and that's all we're talking about and and here's the thing this is not me saying you can't be opinionated about the situation for sure we're all, we're all receiving inform we're all receiving information on this because people are reporting on it we're all privy to what's what's being put out there and so of course you know on a social media you know, the, the idea is this is a place where you just voice your opinions there's nothing wrong with being opinionated but i but what I was speaking to is just how it's affected how people communicate with each other. You know, um, like you said, it's just not, it's not fun. I wake up, I got group chats of wrestling that I open and it's like 40 messages just of people raving and ranting about the latest update and CM Punk and banning this guy from collision or that guy. And, uh, um, yeah, sometimes it's just like, man, I, I really, uh, this just sucks. I just want to talk about. Can I share a Terry Funk video? Can I just share like? Fuck it. Can I? Yeah. Yes. Like, can I? Can I fucking? <laughs> Jesus. Can I just? Can I just fucking? Can I post a Kurt Angle clip? You know. I don't know. You know. It's tough. Yeah, it it is, man. And we, you know, we're not going to take up too much of your time. We really do appreciate it. Before right. we get into it, I I got another question for you. But before yes. we actually get into it, plug Russell Purist, man, because you guys sure. are blowed up all over YouTube, man. You guys are doing monster numbers over there. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. This whole thing just fell into my lap. I I I literally the the backup Hangman account was made because I just wanted to talk about wrestling, uh, on a Twitter page that wouldn't bother my my normal mutuals who didn't care about wrestling and so it was like a borderline burner where i could just post about stuff and then it kind of grew and i was like wow this thing is like growing and the next thing you know i get i get noticed by by monty who's who, who runs the wrestle pierce page and he's a really good guy and uh he we used to do spaces and stuff and uh you know um he he reached out to me and was like hey man i'm really trying to expand this thing and you know expand the website get some writers in i think we we, we could really carve our own uh, niche in the space you know, we, we have different kinds of people talking wrestling than the types of people you see, um, uh, uh, you know, with wrestling media. A lot of the media is kind of aging out and that whole thing. And I was like, yeah, man, you know, my schedule is limited, but I'll do the podcast. And um, it's just blown up. It's blown up. It's elevated so many of the people in, involved with the brand. The community is great. Uh, we, <laughs> it, it, it's it's kind of remarkable what, what's happened with WrestlePeers. So uh, I have a lot of fun with the shows. You know, we get into trouble sometimes because we're very... Uh, you know, we're just, we're, we're, you know, some of the people are young and crazy, but I, I, I love the team. I love everybody involved with Russell Purist. Uh, I love coming yeah. on the shows and doing it. And uh, if you guys could just, if you guys want to check us out, we're Russell Purist on YouTube and uh, our shows are great, man. You know, we just talk wrestling. We have a good time there. Our super chatters are out of their minds and uh, it, it's, it's just good stuff. So check us out at, on, on Russell Purist on YouTube. Absolutely. And shout out Parker, uh, a friend, friend of ours, Parker. He's mm -hmm. a great dude. Um, yeah, yeah. Parker's a great guy, man. Hosts a dumb guy live. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy because he's not actually a dumb guy. He's actually really smart. Yeah. Oh my God. Here's a, here's a quick one. Uh, someone once replied to 
uh, one of our tweets advertising Dumb Guy Live, and he was like, yeah, I never checked this show out because it seems like I, I'm not really interested in, in dumb conversation. And he had to reply, like, it's it's just a, it's just a name, you know. It's just a name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I got one last question for you. Right. Um, so uh, we started this show. The original show was called Brace for Impact, and it was an Impact Wrestling podcast. That's a great name. Um, Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And it yeah. still exists. Go to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. That show still exists, but it has uh, turned into um, the Mike and JD show for the most part now. Um, but while we had that podcast, you were put up on trial for liking some of the matches that were happening in impact. Is that correct? You remember this? <laughs> Dude, I, that's, oh. that's how I, that's how I first discovered you, bro. I had an wow. impact podcast. So I see <laughs> if I would see somebody complimenting impact, I would take notice. And then all of a sudden, you got put on the trial of your life on Twitter. Yeah. I think Daniel yeah, Garcia was... was involved with that. How did that go? How did that come about, and how did that end up? Yeah, uh, I committed the mortal sin of enjoying a match from Impact. Uh, it was <laughs> it was a, it was a trying time in my life. I was confused. Um, just you know, was in a weird headspace. Started to watch some more Impact. Liked what I saw, and uh, decided to voice it, which was which is one of the bigger crimes uh, you can make on wrestling Twitter. And uh, you know. <laughs> The powers that be, the ju- the judicial powers that ran wrestling Twitter, decided to put me on trial, and uh, I'd like to say that um, legally I was cleared of all charges. It was it was a tough fight. Um, Garcia didn't help my case at all. He thought I was guilty, <laughs> uh, but but I made it out. I made it out in one piece, and and I'm glad for it. I'm happy for it. I'm sobered up now. Um, but yeah, there was a time when I, I was I was I was live tweeting some impact, and that that was an interesting period in my life. Yeah, yeah. So if uh, Will Osprey uh, wrestles Speedball at Bound for Glory in October, are you going to get put back on trial? Because that match sounds fucking awesome. If it happens, I think that the public respects Will Osprey's wrestling ability enough to give me a pass on that one. Okay, I would I, w- I would hope so. I would hope so. Right. Um, JD, you got any more questions for Ibu, man? This has been no, a lot I- of fun. It has been a lot of fun. I'm glad you're able to join us tonight. This is yes. uh, this is a crazy time, and like I said, I hate that we have to do this, but I'm really glad you were able to come on with us mm. and just talk about the situation from a different perspective. Because I think we hear in our circles, we hear so much from the other side that I think it's nice just to have different voice. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I don't I don't think we're, we're either of us like any of us are. Um, off on the broad t- point that like this, this is still an issue that needs to be taken care of. And if not, it's not, it's never going to get better. Um, but again, it, it is a different angle. Me, me popping on here and I, I'm, I'm, I'm more than um, comfortable doing so. And I, I never have a problem uh, explaining my perspective uh, to people. Cause I think, I think when you, when people hear other people articulate how they feel about something or, or just kind of come into a space and explain themselves, it's, I think it's much more productive than, interpreting what you think of a guy based off just their Twitter posts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I, I'm just a normal innocuous guy who, uh, you know, this is just, this is just where I'm at with all this stuff. So I'm glad you guys gave me the platform to uh, voice those perspectives and, and opinions and explain myself. And uh, I had a lot of fun here. I had a lot of fun here. So, so yeah. thank you. No, well, thank you. Invite, man. Thank you. And uh, congrats on all the success with the Twitter right. account and with Russell Purist. You guys are killing right. it over there. And you are, dude, you are, you're a friend of the show now. You're welcome anytime, brother. Thank you thank so you much so for much. being on. Appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much. Follow me at Backup Hangman. And uh, yeah, uh, I might swing by another time or two. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. 
Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Take Appreciate care. It. All right. All right, guys. That was uh, that was Ibu of uh, Russell Purist. Thank you for uh, thank you to all the people that Ibu brought in uh, to, to watch to watching us live. Yeah, definitely, appreciate we really that. do appreciate it. I actually had a couple more stories to talk about, but we went way over time. JD and I have to get to overtime with Mike and JD. So if you want to check that out, head over to Patreon.com/slash The Mike and JD Show. Um, thank you to uh, Ibu. Uh, make sure you like like this video comment on this video and subscribe to the voices of wrestling youtube channel and also head over to the mike and jd show uh, youtube account where we're going to be clipping a lot of this stuff uh, brace for impact is there and all of the other stuff that we're doing uh, outside of the voices of wrestling network uh, will be on our youtube channel so uh thanks again everybody and until next week mahalo Hey, kids, do you like wrestling? Well, we like wrestling, too. We are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Myself and Chris Novembrino kind of doing a lazy river of wrestling criticism, going through the news and whatever happened in stateside television wrestling. And also, you know what? Sometimes we just like to watch old stuff and talk about that, too. Love for you to give us a listen. If you haven't already, we are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network.